0: Welcome to this Peer Voice activity. To access the entire activity, including downloadable slides and transcript, go to www.peervoice.com forward slash PHB. This independent learning activity is funded by AstraZeneca Canada, Incorporated. Hello, I'm Dr. Peter Lynn. I'm a family doctor in Toronto, and welcome to this activity on patients with severe, uncontrolled, and difficult to treat asthma. Joining me today is Dr. Charlie Chan. Uh, He's a respirologist and professor of medicine from the University of Toronto. Uh, Welcome, Charlie, it's always good to see you.
1: Good to see you, Peter.
0: Let's look at a patient, Walter. He's 48 years old, man, and he basically has had asthma for four years. Uh, He's been taking fluticasone furorate filantrol inhaler, so an ICS LABA inhaler. He's at the maximum dose, but he still experiences asthma symptoms most days of the week, and he requires his salbutamol inhaler. Uh, his inhaler technique is fine and he's been adherent to his puffers and he comes in today for a renewal of his solbutamol inhaler. And when you check your records, you notice that he renewed a puffer of uh, salbutamol just a month ago. And you also notice a note that he was in the emergency room. He had an emergency room visit for his asthma. So Charlie, what type of asthma does this patient have? Like where does he fit on the spectrum of your patients with asthma? Thank you
1: Peter. Uh, Water certainly fits the definition of difficult to treat asthma, because he, as you said, he's already on high dose of inhaled steroids plus larva, and he has been confirmed to be able to use his inhaler, and he has been reasonably adherent. Despite that, he's still having a lot of symptoms, requiring a lot of saba, and especially uh, he had an emergency room visit. Uh, so he actually now not only fit into the definition of difficult to treat, he now is also severe because he's on high dose and uncontrolled.
0: Right. So I heard you use many terms there, severe, uncontrolled, and difficult to treat asthma. So all So how, how do we sort of separate them out? Or are they the same patient? How, how do you think about these patients?
1: So first of all, uh, any of the difficult-to-treat patients, they can be severe and uncontrolled. Um, so by definition, severe means someone who is on high-dose ICS plus a larva. So they are already on the maximum inhaled steroid dose. Uncontrolled asthma basically means that they are either having symptoms on most days of the week, using a lot of SABA or having frequent exacerbation requiring oral corticosteroid or emergency room visits.
0: Well, that's a good way to put it. So one is severity is how much medicines they need to control their their symptoms or their disease. And the other one is what's happening to their symptoms. Is it uncontrolled? They still have lots of symptoms like Walter. uh, So he fits in both categories of that. So in primary care, what would your advice be to try and tease this out? Like how do we help these patients? with difficult-to-treat, severe, uncontrolled asthma patients?
1: So I would try my best to uh, simplify it into possibly three steps for the primary care physicians. The first step with any diagnosis is that make sure you have a confirmed diagnosis. So look back on your records. Make sure that you have some spirometry evidence to support a firm diagnosis of asthma. If you haven't, it's never too late to do that. The second is, assuming you have a confirmed diagnosis of asthma, is to make sure the patient is filling the controller medication, is using the inhaler properly. And then the third thing is to make sure that the patient actually doesn't have some other comorbidities that can mimic the symptoms of asthma. The two common ones are rhinosinusitis and esophageal reflux. If you have gone through those three steps and the pa- you still haven't figured it out, it's time to refer back to the specialist.
0: So what actually happens, you know, when we do refer to a specialist, I, I think a lot of us are saying we've used up everything. What, what else can be done, you know, at the specialist level uh, for these patients?
1: You may want to triage the patient to different specialties based on what your clinical impression is. If this is a patient who have a lot of allergies, I think sending back to an allergist for a full allergy workup is totally appropriate. And the allergist may be able to offer them different types of immunotherapy, for example. If this is a patient that you are struggling with a confirmed diagnosis, you need the help of a respirologist to help sort that out, or you're worrying about some other lung condition, we can help you do that. We have access to more specialized diagnostic test that is harder for GP to get. And then finally, if this is a patient having a lot of nasal problem, complicating the asthma, sending to ENT to fix the nose can actually go a long way for the patient.
0: That's a good point. We can sort them out so that we send them to the right respirologist and ENT or the allergist, the right people. And that way they get the right therapies. And you guys have access to biologics and all these things that, uh, that we might not have access to or not know how to use as well. So I think that's actually a good, hopeful message for us as we refer. But you know, Charlie, there are barriers to referral. So or what kind of barriers are you seeing?
1: Well, I'm sure amongst my GP colleagues, one of the barriers that I often said is, well, it's nice to say that we're going to refer to you, but you don't give an appointment for another three to six months. So, one of the big stumbling blocks is my really bad patient need to see you guys sooner, and how do I do that? And I think the key message I would say is look for those patients who are severe, uncontrolled, like the example we just used today. The ones who are actually using a lot of oral cortical steroids in particular, they are the ones that are most appropriate to refer uh, because. Exactly to your point earlier, the last seven years, we have a lot of new advances, especially in biologics, that can help severe and control asthma patients.
0: So Charlie, this all makes sense. So we look out for those red flags, you know, high salbutamol use and uh, emergency departments, uh, repeated oral steroids. So we flag those patients, but referrals do take a long time. So um, how do we make sure that the referral catches your eyes or whomever is triaging all your referrals? What, what do we have to put in there to make sure that it gets the attention uh, that it deserves?
1: Peter, you're right. Uh, my GP colleagues, they all complain about the fact that the specialist takes a long time. To see the patients, frequently months, uh, and what I would suggest is the following: When you actually have a severe uncontrolled asthma, label that referral as urgent, and put down these key features: that you have a confirmed diagnosis of asthma, the patient is actually taking the medication, and is using the inhaler properly, and you already checked and there's no significant comorbidity. And then despite that, uh, especially if the patient is using oral corticosteroid or having emergency room visit, if you have that on the referral, I promise you the patient will be seen within a couple of weeks.
0: So just in summary, you know, let's look for those red flags, you know, frequent salbutamol refills, you know, so one unit should last six months i'm told so therefore if they're renewing it quicker than that we should pay attention oral steroid usage emergency or urgent care visits those are all red flags that we should pay attention to i think you mentioned that we should optimize their therapy so that way they they make sure that they're on the right amounts of medication uh, and then make sure that we look for comorbidities things like reflux disease and uh, rhinosinusitis and, and post nasal drip and look at triggers that might be there. And of course, looking at inhaler technique and making sure that their adherence to their medication is important. And then once we've optimized all of those things and the patients are still symptomatic, then we need help. So that's where the referral comes in. And to the right appropriate person, uh, we can send it to the specialist. So therefore we now have lots of other therapies that we can offer, which I think as medical students, we never knew about. And so therefore it's nice to hear that we have something else that we can offer these patients. Thanks very much for your time, Charlie.
1: Thank you, Peter. This has been an activity published by